Welcome to Retriever Tales, a podcast from the Center for Democracy and Civic Life at UMBC, featuring conversations with members of our campus community. I am Candace Dodson-Reed. I use she, her, hers pronouns. My name is Rahman Liakath. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Dr. Kate Drabinsky. Uh, most people at UMBC call me Dr. Kate. My name is Reese Drabinsky. I use he, him pronouns. At the Center for Democracy and Civic Life, we believe that stories are everything. The act of telling and listening to each other's stories can bring us together as a community and enable us to work collectively in ways that help us all thrive. I'm your host, Therza Khan, she, her pronouns. I'm a senior information systems major here at UMBC. Today we're speaking with Reese Draminski, an undergraduate student at UMBC. Reese, go ahead and introduce yourself. All right, hello. My name is Reese Draminski. I use he, him pronouns. And at the time of this recording, I am currently a junior studying computer science and philosophy as a double degree student. So what is your role on campus? Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question. I've given a lot of things the old college try, but I think there's a few like roles or like experiences that I think were a little bit more impactful on me. So mm-hmm. last semester or last year rather, I served a term as a, as a senator, and before that, I was a first year ambassador with the undergraduate student government association. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed my time there, and then also since I was a freshman, actually, I was a part of the Hacking MC team, which is a hackathon organizing a student organization on mm-hmm. campus and then I was also deeply involved with the Shriver living learning community which centers around bringing people who are committed to community service to ha- have a dorm together and also take a class together to reflect on service. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned like a bunch of different things that you're involved in so what kinds of things um about those roles did you enjoy the most? Yeah, so for student government, I definitely liked having the ability to impact actual students' experiences. That's the reason why I came into SGA in the first place as a freshman. Well, actually, before I even came to UMC, I was like, I have heard things about SGA both in high school and college, and I want to try it. I I think that I'm the kind of person who likes to serve others, so... I definitely wanted to give that a try, and similarly with Shriver, I also wanted to serve. And then Hacking MC is just because I'm deeply passionate about technology and also teaching others about technology. Um, so can you tell me about how you got to UMBC in the first place? Yeah, so I think I really have to credit it to UMBC admissions. So growing mm-hmm. up, I wasn't really a big sports fan, so I actually never really watched college sports. So I actually only knew about a very few colleges. I knew UMBC, I knew College Park, I knew like Harvard, and that was about it. So come junior year, I was looking at different schools. I toured a bunch of schools, but I think I came to UMBC like three separate times on three separate events. And one of them, I was actually able to shadow like a, a real class and it was a philosophy class. And I had been considering doing a philosophy and computer science double major. So in doing that, I was able to experience a great professor, great lecture. So that really, I think, if it did not solidify it for me, it was, it deeply made me think about UMC. And ultimately, I chose UMC, obviously. So what is the story of the most UMBC thing that you've experienced? Yeah, so this question 
it struck me immediately because I, I really wanted to answer it, but it took me a while to think of a story. But then I remembered in my sophomore year, so uh, fall semester, so no, about November 2019, they call it the the CMSC reply all mailing list incident. And so what <laughs> happened is this young man, he said he received an email from the computer science mailing list about, I think maybe course offerings for the next semester. He accidentally, most likely, hit reply all and he said, please take me off this mailing list, period. So as a Generation Z, that could be seen as pretty confrontational. <laughs> so all of a sudden, over the course of like many hours, over a hundred messages are sent in the reply all. And there's just kids talking about like, oh, like I've had a hard semester today. People are sending memes, sending pe- people are shouting out their SoundClouds, their Instagrams. Oh my God. And I think maybe not, it may not be reflective of UMC as a whole, but definitely the UMC computer science department. I just think it captures mm. the essence of just the pure commitment to the troll of this kid and just, it just yeah. slammed everyone's inboxes. And I think I look back on it and it's just, it's just so funny to me. That is hilarious. Was it ever addressed by the computer science department or was it just so like ignored? I know that they talked about it because they eventually did re- disable reply all and one of my professors was okay. talking about it, but like it wasn't, the situation was not immediately remedied because it was probably like seven o'clock at night. I don't know if professors go to bed or they just weren't checking their email, but it was, mm. it was funny. That's hilarious. I had never heard that story before, <laughs> but that sounds like a nightmare. Um, so what kinds of hopes and goals and wishes do you have for the UMBC community? Yeah, so something that I noticed as a senator is that when UMBC students generally are proud of going to UMBC, but it's definitely like a self-deprecating kind of humor that's shared across it. So like you can insult UMBC, but other people can't insult UMBC and that's all fine and good. But like, I want people to just maybe not insult UMBC. (laughs) And so then we can kind of move forward as a community, like actively sharing UMBC on social media and like being proud of where we go and, talking about the good things and but also criticizing the bad things that UMC does because ultimately we're an institution so there's all kinds of positives and negatives so I think that is the main thing I want out of UMC just to be a community that's proud of itself and is constantly engaged with itself yeah I think um that's interesting that you point that out I feel like um a lot of conversations that I have where people tell me about going to UMBC they always introduce it as like a, oh, it wasn't my first choice. Or oh. like, I had to go here, you know? Or like, it was just a scholarship that made me go here. And it's like, it's just so frustrating um, hearing people like caveat the decision to go here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, certainly, yeah. certainly. Um, all right, so is there anything else that you'd like to share? Yeah, so I think one of the questions was like, hidden gems about UMC. And I mm-hmm. think that, as a philosophy major, I'd be remiss not to kind of plug the UMC philosophy department. I think that we have an excellent department. One of the suggestions that people give is Philosophy 100 with James Thomas. I think he's an amazing, he's an amazing lecturer and it's a great class. But also, the philosophy department is interesting because the only prerequisite to take upper level courses is just an A in any other philosophy class. So if you take Philosophy 100, I would also highly recommend mm-hmm. Philosophy 322 or... Uh, ancient 
the history of ancient philosophy with Whitney Schwab. He is my mm-hmm. advisor, and he is is a very active scholar in ancient philosophy. And I like how he structured the course. So if anyone has watched The Good Place, like you'll know the like moral philosophy, Socrates, Plato, Aristotle, and he and what Schwab did to structure the course was he just said these are the central questions we're going to ask. How, what is the good life? How do we live it? And what kind of philosophical obstacles do we have in order to answer those questions? So you go through moral philosophy, study of knowledge, study of free will, and other things like that. So I think he's he's an excellent professor. He's super smart. He talks about like it's it is ancient philosophy, but there's still people writing in it and still discovering new perspectives all the time. So he really is up to date and so yeah, top tier class. Everyone should take a philosophy course at least once. Yeah, you almost sold me on that. Then I remembered I'm graduating. <laughs> yes, unfortunately, it's only it's only <laughs> offered in the fall, and mm-hmm. yes, yeah, also you're graduating, so. Yeah. Well, maybe in another life. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Um, it was a wonderful conversation, and uh, thank you for being here. Of course, it was very fun. Thanks for joining us on Retriever Tales. Keep up with the Center for Democracy and Civic Life by following us on Instagram and Twitter at CivicLifeUMBC and find other Retriever Tales episodes at civiclife.umbc.edu slash retrievertales. We believe that stories are everything. What tales do you have to tell and how do they connect you with the larger story of us all together in community?